We feeling good today? Is it sunny outside yet? Let's not talk about it. Hey, so like Rick said, uh, we, we started a, a new series last week called All In, and it was interesting because uh, Rick really kicked that series off uh, by being up here. If you were here last week, you probably remember this, or if you watched online during the week, he stood up here and put on a cowboy hat and played poker from the platform. Yeah, see, I'm a recovering Baptist. I was raised Lutheran. It was a rough week for me. Just try, no, I'm just, I'm kind of teasing. It's, but that, that picture of, of poker and all in is a really vivid image because if, if, if you play poker, if you watch poker, if you understand poker, that concept of going all in really is a bold trust move, right? Like, like all the chips are on the table. Everything is on this one moment and, and I'm all in. There's no escape options. There's no second chances. Like if this doesn't go the way I want it to go, I'm doomed. Makes sense? And so that was vivid and rich. And, and I, was, I was thinking about it this week. I was thinking, there are other ways that we use this phrase, all in. And this is what I was thinking about. I don't know if you know this or not, but there is a right way and a wrong way to get into a swimming pool. So some people, this is how they get into a swimming pool. You know this way, right? Uh, do you just want to admit right now if this is you? This is, a, this is a safe place. We can share this. So I'm not saying if this is right or wrong. I'm just saying that's a way to get in the swimming pool. And you know the other way to get in the swimming pool, right? And you know where that goes, right? Those knees come up to the chest and that butt arches back a little bit. And it's like, and everybody on the side is what? There's two ways to get into a swimming pool, and that second way, that's all in, right? Matter of fact, if you, uh, if you spend too much time on YouTube, you've probably seen the video uh, of this poor gal who, it must have been winter somewhere, and she does the all-in approach to the lake, and it's frozen. Have you seen this video? She skips like a rock. <laughs> I think we can laugh. I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do in this moment. But I just think that's another picture of that all-in. You don't know if that pool is cold. You don't know uh, what it's going to, you don't know if your body's going to go into shock and someone's going to pull you out, but you are all in. And that's what we're talking about for these few weeks is this concept of all in. And I really do count it a privilege this morning to be able to stand up here on Mother's Day and talk about this group of people and this concept all in because I think those two things are linked. I think moms of, of all the groups of people on the planet, like there's no halfway to do this mom thing, right? Like moms are all in. And it makes sense to talk about Mother's Day, or mothers, on a, on a, on a series called All In. I, I didn't write this. Uh, my, my mom is in the room, so this will get awkward in a minute. That's okay. We'll do this together. Safe place, right? And uh, she's already looking away. And, uh, and, but I didn't write this, but I thought, I just wanted to read this to you. It's called What My Mom Taught Me, and I thought maybe a number of you could resonate with this, right? Here it goes. It says, my mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you cannot go to the store with me. As well as, if everyone else jumped off a cliff, would you jump too? My mother taught me humor. She said, when the lawnmower cuts your toes off, don't come running to me. No toes, you can't. Never mind. All right. My mother taught me genetics. You are just like your father. (laughs) 
(laughs) My mother taught me anticipation. You just wait till your father gets home. (laughs) My mother taught me about receiving. You are going to get it when I get you home. (laughs) My mother taught me religion. You better pray that'll come out of the carpet. (laughs) My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until all that spinach is finished. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world. And I could take you out of it. You know that one. All-time favorite thing my mother taught me was justice. One day you will have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. (laughs) So we joke and we laugh, but the reality is that mom's mothering is not a halfway uh, gig. It's not a half thing. It's not dipping a toe into the pond. You don't get to do that as a mom. You don't get to uh, ease into that. Motherhood is all in. I I don't care if you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, homeschool mom, sports mom, blended family mom, co-parenting mom. You're a full-time mom. And so as we think about people that are all in, we think about Moms, it, it's interesting, and, and what I want to do this morning, um, and, I, and I'll be quick, I, I just want to take a look at this idea. It's interesting, and this will stretch some of uh, our theological perspectives, because in, in the Bible, God reveals himself using male pronouns. He calls himself he over and over again, so that's how we know God. But sometimes we forget that, that God is... Um, is outside of, of maybe some of the things that we consider a gender or the idea that, that God also in him has these things that we might consider to be female or motherly qualities. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, when God is creating everything before anything else was, he says this, says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so it wasn't that just men, males, were created in God's image, but females were created in God's image as well. And so in God, while he reveals himself with these male pronouns, and that's how we refer to him, that's how we know him, in God is contained all the characteristics of both masculinity and femininity. And so it's interesting because all the things that are good in fatherhood are part of God, and all the things that are good in motherhood are part of God. And so what I want to do is I just want to look at six places in the Bible where God uses what we might call mom qualities, these characteristics that are true of of mothers, to describe himself. And I think the reason that he does that is because maybe that's the only way we could actually get our head around it. Maybe there's a richer picture there. We wouldn't have understood it if he just used words. And so he employs these pictures that we typically attribute to moms uh, to describe who he is. So that's what I want to look at for just the next few minutes. We start in the book of Isaiah, and this is what uh, the author Isaiah says about God, he says, uh, but Zion, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she's born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. What, what, what an interesting picture God employs about himself. He says, could a, could a mom who's got baby right there, could she like actually forget the baby's right there? That's just ludicrous. He said there's a better chance that a mom would forget baby right there than, he, than, they, than the God would ever forget us. What a, what a great picture. What's the point? God remembers us. God knows us, just like mom. Right? If we think about it, I don't know if anybody knows us better than mom. We, we kind of chuckle sometimes because we, we often, uh, kids, maybe they think they're getting away with something, and we're like, well, mom will find out. We don't know how. <laughs> But mom knows. God knows us. 
uh, and, he, and he remembers us, just like mom. Towards the end of Isaiah, this is, this is the analogy that's employed in Isaiah 66. It says this. It says, For this is what the Lord says, I'll extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you'll be comforted over Jerusalem. This idea that, that mom carries kid close. Dads are the ones that throw kid in the air, right? And they let them run amok. And, and both are important, by the way. This is a whole different sermon. But both are important. Both are really important in good child development. We need, we need a parent that's that, that hold them close nurturing. We need that parent that's like, woo, you know, that's very, very important. But moms are the ones that hold close. There is this, this unique comfort that moms provide when a child is injured or scared. Matter of fact, we kind of know this. When, when, a, when a kid has an injury, they often run to... Mom, because maybe they want that sense of it's okay and, and a closeness. If they just want to be like dusted off and like get back on the bike, son. That's dad, right? But mom has this unique ability to comfort. What's the point? I think God is describing his in, uh, intimate ability to comfort us like, like nobody else on the planet. Kind of just like mom. The psalmist in Psalm 131 writes a, a poem, and this is what he says. He says, My heart's not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a, chi- a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. That word weaned there is super interesting. It's also the word for content. And so the poet here is doing a little word play between these, these, these words and then painting this picture of, of how like a, a contented child crawls up onto mom's lap and just feels right. Just feels at home. There's a sense of comfort and contentness and, and protection. And, and I think the point here is God is painting this picture of himself as one who brings us contentment when we draw near to him. There's this great promise in the New Testament that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Like if you want comfort, like go to God and his, his, his desire is to comfort you. Just like a good mom, right? Hosea uh, goes on, one of the prophets, he, he says this, he employs this picture, it's one of my favorites. He employs this picture of mom. He says, like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. <laughs> You're like, whoa, was that in the Bible? That's actually in the Bible. And it's interesting, it's a little, it's a little terrifying and heart-wrenching because God's actually talking about his people here. He's talking about the Jews who just continually chased after other gods and wanted other things and rejected the God who had cared for them, protected them, took them out of captivity, did all these things for them. And God is, is employing this picture that we understand vividly. If you take a baby bear cub away from its mama, you're going to die, son. Right? And so we understand that picture. And so God is really saying like that kind of intensity, like God is tenaciously jealous for our affection and he'll fight for it. God wants first place in our life. God wants us to know him and to put our affections on him. He wants to be loved and known just like mom sometimes, right? It's interesting because Jesus, uh, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23, the, the biography written about Jesus, this is what Jesus says at one point. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and yet you were not willing. 
What a beautiful picture. Jesus, the, the, the epitome of masculinity, the, the, the guy who hung on a cross for hours to die for our sins, the guy who took on the known world at the time in terms of dialogue and, and, and trying to set things right between people and God. He employs this picture of a, of a mother hen, like gathering her chicks, this, this beautiful picture uh, of a passion to protect and nurture and care for and care over. I think the point is God is just using this picture here to talk about how God is always for us, not against us. Isn't that a mom? Moms are always for us. Sometimes it doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> They're just for us. And God employs this picture through the, the person of Jesus. Paul picks up on this idea, a guy who wrote a bunch of the New Testament letters, in, in, a, in a letter he wrote to the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians. This is how he describes what he's been doing with some of the other uh, guys that are trying to help this church get off the ground. He says this, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were not de- delighted, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardships. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel. You're our witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. Doesn't that sound like it could be a Mother's Day card? You know, this, this picture of a, of a person who just cares so deeply, the tender care that's mirrored in this, this, this mention to this church is kind of like mom, the idea of giving up their own desires for the benefits of others, right? Enduring hardship to spare their own children from hardship, just like mom. So, so really, all I want to say this morning is as we celebrate Mother's Day today, maybe we'd be reminded that God really is the ultimate picture of motherhood. And I recognize that in this room, this is not a joyous day for everybody. I recognize that some of us have lost, some of you have lost your moms. I recognize that some folks in here who have always wanted to be moms, that was just, it just never happened. I recognize there's probably people in here that have broken relationships either with moms or your moms who have broken relationships with kids or with family. And, and I just want to say to those groups of people that at the end of all of it, at the end of the day, God ultimately plays that role of our mom as well. I know we don't think about that a lot. And I, I'm stretching some theological concerns probably in some folks. But I'm just saying that God can play that role even in those broken relationships. For, for folks today that today's a joyous day and they're going to celebrate their moms. And, and do, I just want to say that God created moms. And he set the example of what good motherhood looks like. If you're in this room and you're an older mom, you've been at this for 20, 30 plus years, but if I could just encourage you to get near the younger moms who are still in the, the middle of the chaos and the struggle and the stuff, man, if you would get next to those moms and throw an arm around and give them an girl, and, and that's the picture. As God comforts moms who comfort moms who comfort moms, there's something incredibly rich and discipling about that. I want to finish by showing you a video. It's a little longer. It's five minutes, a little longer than we normally show. A gal by the name of Casey Johnson. Uh, she's a teacher and an author. She's one of our Right Now Media friends. She's just got um, a couple of great things to encourage moms in all seasons of life. So if you just direct your attention on screen. I'm going to be honest with you. There have been days when I showed up at our mom's group in sweats, a bra was optional, makeup was not even going to be thought of. 
I hadn't showered in probably two days. I was sleep deprived and I was getting very bitter about being a mother. But I dragged myself there anyway because I knew those women would not judge me. In fact, they would embrace me. And they would look at me and say, how are you doing? Even though they already knew the answer. Isn't it beautiful that in our community of mothers, we have women who are ready to come alongside us, lift us up, put us back together, and accept us just where we are. You have that opportunity. You can be that someone for the woman you meet at the play place, for the woman who sits next to you at the school play. Always look for opportunities to show the world that you are a different kind of mom. Not because you're perfect, not because you have all the answers, but because you know the source of how your strength comes and why you're pouring it into your family. Matthew 25:40 says, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? The least of these. I think at the time Jesus was talking about the poor and the ones in prison, the widowed, the homeless. And I agree, they need our compassion and love and our energy as well. But as a mother, I read those words differently. The least of these, my children. Jesus said, when you clothe the naked, feed the hungry. Well, keeping my boys clothed is sometimes a full-time job. Keeping them fed is becoming more and more difficult as they're growing older. You see, this season of life right now that I'm in is all about caring for my least of these. It doesn't mean I get to close out the world and not show compassion and have a mission mindset. But it does mean that my children are my first priority and that Jesus has called me to this mission. When we come to our mom's groups and we are a bit frazzled from taking care of the least of these, I think it's okay to almost unload on everyone because that's a safe place to be. But when we are in the world, we have to guard ourselves against being that woman who runs around like a chicken with her head cut off and I have to do this and I have to do that. And, oh, I'm so busy and it's falling apart and I'm a victim. Oh, we're not victims. Oh, no, no, we are victors. We are victorious because God is on our side. You see, I can say to someone at my office, it's been a rough three weeks. The baby is not sleeping well and this mama isn't either. But God has been so faithful to me. I've been able to wake up in the morning and I don't get my devotion time, but he and I have a great quiet time on my drive into work. You see, that shows that I'm being real but that I also have a real savior who knows me and loves me and helps me through each step of this parenting gig. Galatians says we're gonna reap what we sow, that the harvest will come when it's time, but to not become weary in doing good. Have you ever known a farmer? Someone who is planting seeds? He will reap a harvest later, not now. What you are doing now matters and your harvest will come. But while you're reaping, while you're sowing, while you're harvesting, do not allow Satan to overtake your physical, emotional, and mental capacities to the point that you forget that you have the God who created the heavens and the earth, who made everything in nature balance perfectly on your side. He is for you. 
He is with you. And you can call on his power at any moment, at any time. And sometimes calling on a friend or another mom is how God shows his power to you. It's easy to feel tempted, to look as though you have everything together. Your makeup is on, your house is perfectly clean, and your children never fuss and fight. But the world knows better. This is life. Life is messy. Children are messy. Marriages are messy. But you see, we're mothers. We don't give up easily. And we may not be perfect, and we don't have to pretend we have it all together, but we will keep working. Colossians 3.23 says it this way, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Ladies, it is not our job to be the best dressed, best kept, most popular woman at the PTA, nor at our mother's group. It is our job to be the mother our children need, to be the woman our family needs to meet their needs, to take them into the world with confidence, and the entire time pointing upward. To God be the glory, the great things he is doing. Go ahead, go ahead and bring the house lights up to about half. If, if, uh, if you're a mom, would you stand up right now? Yeah, we are grateful. Uh, go ahead, moms, go ahead and sit down. If you're not a mom, would you stand up right now? If you're not a mom... If you're not a mom, here's, here's what I want to do. I, I want to spend some time with us collectively praying for moms. And so if you're standing up, just find a mom who's around you and put your hand on their shoulder, um, on their hand, on their head, whatever it is. And let, let me just lead you in a time of prayer. Just find somebody, even if you don't know anybody around you, um, just pray as God leads through the process. Let's, let's pray. Uh, first, just thank God for the mom that's there beside you, um, for all he has done in her life to impact the lives of her kids. If you want to pray out loud, you can. If you want to pray silently, that's great. Sometimes on Mother's Day, moms reflect and they think about all the stuff, all the mistakes that they've made, all the opportunities that they've missed. Would you pray for the moms that are close by you right now that they wouldn't be discouraged, but that God would give them a chance to just see the investment that they've made and how it has grown over the years?
pray that God would grant those moms perseverance and wisdom and insight, no matter what their stage of life is, no matter what the age of their kids are, that they would sense God's presence, sense his spirit leading them as they interact with their kids. Collectively, if we could, pray for, pray for the young moms, the moms who maybe are first-time moms or moms whose house is full of little guys that are just going crazy and not sleeping and all that stuff. Just pray that God would give strength and joy to the moms in those roles. Pray for the moms whose house is maybe filled with adolescents, that they're, uh, the mom's being the one that's, that's uh, helping soothe hurt feelings, that's uh, helping guide them through all, all the time that emotions change, and that, that God would use them in a very special way to help their kids know that God still loves them even in the midst of the transition. Pray just now for the moms who, uh, whose kids are gone, that they're, they're living in the world of the empty nest. And the mom's trying to figure out what their role is as their kids maybe have grown and gotten married. Uh, pray, that, pray that God would lead them in that process. Pray for the moms who are in kind of the home stretch of life that they look back and they see their kids and their grandkids and even great grandkids and um, ask that God would give them just a sense of rich blessing for the investments that they've made through the years and that they would continue to until he calls them home. you would pray for moms who are doing the blended family thing moms that are new in the adoption world that are that are just trying to sort out all the pieces to that it's a little bit different pray that god would give them tremendous wisdom and strength guidance with each day
Pray for moms who have broken relationships with their kids. Maybe it's you and pray that even now that God might restore some of that brokenness, might heal it even today on Mother's Day. Mend that so that God could work in a way that he hasn't been able to. Pray for the moms around you who have lost kids, whose, whose children have died, either young or old. People who have, who have lost their babies through miscarriage, through abortion. Pray that God would ease that pain even now on Mother's Day. Pray for the people around you, maybe you, whose mom's life here on earth have ended. And Mother's Day is a tough day because they're not here to celebrate with. God, you are a wise and holy God. We thank you for the moms that you've placed in our lives and the things that they've taught us. God, we thank you for the times that they've been there and invested in us over and over again. Lord, collectively we pray for the moms who are on the front lines of the battle, for the lives and souls of their kids right now. And Lord, collectively, we ask that you, would, um, that you would stand with them, that they would find their strength in you, that they would trust you, that they would give great advice and wise counsel, that they would know when to interact and when to lay off, that they would know when to step in and when to allow their children to fail. God, be with them. Lord, again, we, we just thank you that you designed a world that has moms in it, knowing that that's a part of your plan for us. Bless them today, Lord. Bless those moms in incredible ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.